Happy October, everybody. October. Uh, about uh, 48 hours ago, I was standing in a line to get food outside of North Point Community Church. It was 97 degrees, and it felt like 197. We got off the plane yesterday, and it was 60 degrees, and man, that's a big difference in over an hour and a half, going from 90-some to 60-some, man. That shocks your system. But I like this cool weather, right? I wore one of my new flannel shirts. I hope I don't look like a pumpkin too much, but I'm going to... Anyway, welcome to uh, iMessage. It's a series we've been looking at, the I Am Statements of Jesus. And today we're going to look at the I Am Statement that Jesus made to uh, the, the people of Israel and to each one of us. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I was thinking about this the other day, about how, how needy we are. Let's face it. Uh, going it alone in life is a burden that's too great to bear. Making decisions on your own is so high stress and high risk. Have you ever felt not only lonely, but lonely in a very, very important decision you had to make? Man. Wouldn't it be great to know someone is watching out for you, watching over you, and the person that's watching out for you and watching over you is really a powerful, influential and somebody that can really watch out for you and watch over you? Well, there is. And Jesus invites you and I to let him. That's what this message is about today. If there ever was a time when we have a need to know someone is watching out for us and someone is watching over us, it's now. Right? Yeah. Right? God came into the world to show us he wants to do just that. The iMessage series is a series where God is today saying to you and I, I am. Jesus made seven statements about that. And my prayer is that as we hear him speak to us today, we will melt our I message down and melt into the I am promises of Jesus. Would you stand for the reading of God's word in the gospel of John chapter 10? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So... When he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Yeah, you can read it with me. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And Go ahead. Greater than a, <laughs> and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. 
I and the Father are one. Don't you love the words of God? Don't you love the words of Jesus? You may be seated. You may be seated. We're going to go back to the beginning of that. He said, I am the good shepherd. The first two words, I am. If you look at the context of that story, Jesus is saying something that, if you look real closely, is what got him in trouble. Jesus was saying in these statements that he and God Almighty were one in essence. When he says, my father, he's meaning Yahweh. He's meaning the God of Israel. And look what he says. I am the good shepherd. Here's what that means. His eternal power makes his promise from history a now possibility for those who believe. There is believing and then there is believing. There is knowing and then there is knowing. Jesus says, I am. And his eternal power makes his promise from history. Jesus said this over 2,000 years ago. Okay? But the I am means that it's a now possibility for those who what? Believe. When Jesus rose from the dead, all the claims he made were validated and empowered for all generations. The Bible says to those who believe, he gives the power to become. Become the children of God. So in other words, he says, I know my sheep, my sheep know me. That's intimacy, and the promise is for now. You can know that he knows you, and you can know that you know him now. I give them eternal life now. A powerful life. A power to change me. A power to change you. A power to free me. A power to free you. Make you, make me a person that brings glory to God because God is on the scene now bringing glory to the gospel, glory to Jesus, glory on the church, and glory on the sheep who point to the shepherd. His eternal power, the I am, makes his promise from history a now possibility for those who what? What kind of believe? Believe. Believe. You know what that means? When you're walking down the hallway of your school, the I am is working in you. The I am is working around you. The I am is working through you. When you're parenting those kids, dad, mom, when you're parenting those kids, the I am is right there with you, working in your home, working through your life, working through your acts of servanthood, working when you're wondering if anything's working. The I am now is present. With you, He said, no one can snatch you out of my hand now. You are safe now. You are secure right now. You're secure tomorrow, the next day, the next year, the next month, the following, and on and on and on and on. The I am is I am now. Isn't that awesome? His story is right now, and you can make history if you melt your I message into the I am story. I am the good shepherd. And then he says, I am the 
good shepherd. That means this, his provision will be right beside those he is allowed to guide. Will you say that out loud with me? His provision will be right beside those he is allowed to guide. I want to hear you say it. Say it out loud. Right beside those who say, I give you the right to guide my life. That's right. There were a lot of themes that we heard this week at Catalyst, but one that kept coming over and over and over was about this generation of people, my age and younger, that we are battling chronic loneliness. With all of the social media and all of the ability to connect, there is a chronic loneliness that many people have battled with and are battling with. Loneliness is a real issue. Depression, fear, anxiety, worry. Many of us, most of us battle these things. Wouldn't it be great to know it doesn't have to be that way in your life? Wouldn't it be great to know that there is a relationship you can have with someone where you'll never live in chronic, debilitating loneliness again? He said, I will be with you. He said, I will not leave you alone. He said, I will come to you. I will be with you. You know what that means? That means his provision will be right beside those he is allowed to guide. Jesus said, if you'll follow me, I promise you, I'll send you the Holy Spirit and he'll be with you. He'll be in you. And I will not leave you like an orphan. I will come. Loneliness can be no more. How do you have that in your life? How do I really have that in my life? I need to take the time and get alone so that I'm never alone. I need to take the time and get alone at the beginning of my day and say, Lord, shepherd my life today. I'm not talking about tomorrow, the next day. Not, oh, Lord, the rest of my life. Lord, this morning, I don't know what I'm going to face. I don't know what's around the bend. Lord, I don't want to go anywhere today, face anything today by myself. Lord, shepherd my life today. Do we all want this? We all need this, right? Yeah. One of the prophets, about five centuries before Jesus was born, his name was Ezekiel. He heard God promise that he was going to come and shepherd all his people. And then he wrote it down in a poetic description. It's in the 34th chapter of Ezekiel. It, it's this metaphor, it's this poem, this picture of sheep being protected. But not only protected, but blessed. Here, here's the passage. God says, I will make a covenant. That is a deep, solemn promise. I will make a covenant of what? Oh, you're not there. There you are. <laughs> How are you supposed to know, right, if I don't get the answers on the screen? You can't know. Now you know. I will make a covenant of peace. 
peace. I will make a covenant of peace with them and will rid the land of wild beasts. Look at this poem. Look at this metaphor picture, what God wants to do. Rid the land of wild beasts so that they can live securely in the wilderness and even sleep in the woods. Anybody ever gone out and slept in the woods, in the deep, dark woods all by yourself before? That, look at that picture where you are so at peace and security that you could go out in the woods and just lay down and sleep like a baby and never have to worry if the bear isn't going to have you for breakfast. Huh? What a picture. God is using this picture as a promise, a solemn, loyal covenant is the word, how he's going to watch over his people. They'll not only protect, but then bless. I will turn them into the regions around my hill into a blessing. I will make showers come down in their season, and they will be showers that bring blessing. In 1991, I had left a pastoral position, a youth pastor position in a local church here. And uh, my family, my son, Devin, my daughter, Savannah, and, and, I, and we lived with my mom and dad for 15 months. And I was out of a job. And I was trying to wait on the Lord, and I felt like God gave me a picture, uh, a promise, and I was waiting on the Lord, but nothing seemed to be happening. I was very discouraged, and I was down in my parents' basement, and I was laying, actually laying on the floor. Uh, the old-timers used to say, you know, sometimes God puts you in a situation where you, where you spend a season sucking the carpet. <laughs> That's usually that you're like going, oh, God, help me. You know, it's one of those, and you're on your face about it. That was me. And I was on my face about it, and nothing seemed to be working out. And in a second of time, with my face on the ground, I saw this picture of, the, of this beautiful, beautiful green hill with these white, fluffy sheep, whiter than snow, little baby sheep. And they were, they were eating, and they were just frolicking, jumping around on this hill, jumping on top of each other. And I noticed this. There was not a fear or, not a fear or care in the world. And then, as soon as I saw that, that picture shifted, and I saw these little kids out on the street. It looked like an inner city town, a street, and, the, and, the, and they were dancing in a downpour of rain. And I, and I heard the Lord say, that's the church you're going to pastor. That was in 1992. The reason I know that, because the pirates got beat by the Braves. It broke my heart. That's how I know it. I saw it, and I heard the Lord say, that's the church you're going to pastor. I've held to that promise for 25 years. Two one nights ago, standing right over there, I watched a room full of people, little kids up around the front, Jazzy, the Spencer Trio, uh, little kids, high school kids, college kids, Dancing in delight before the Lord. I was leaning right over there. I became speechless because the Lord said, there it is. There it is. You know what? If God gives you a vision, you'll find it in the word. And then you'll find it in your life. And the word always comes first with no time stamp. The picture does too. But if God gives you a vision from the word, you will find it in your life. You will walk into it.
God said he's going to make a covenant with his people like that. And how will that covenant come to be? He will make that covenant through love. It will be a covenant of love that he makes. Watch this from John 10 again. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. See, your calling will be tested. If you're a true shepherd, God will shake the hireling out of you. Because we all have a part of that. But then there are hirelings and not shepherds. And a true shepherd will not abandon the sheep. A true shepherd will fight the fight. Because a true shepherd wants to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, more than realizing the salary package they have or get. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares, cares nothing for the sheep. But then Jesus contrasts. He's talking about the Pharisees. And then he says this, but I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And look at this. Here's the covenant. I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus was, an, was willing to pay the ultimate price so that you and I would never have to live alone in fear, in insecurity, malnourished, with no direction forward or no direction home. Jesus laid his whole life down and allowed the wolf to come and take him out so that you and I could be taken in. I'm going to make a covenant of love. And a love covenant is the kind of of covenant where a person lays down their life. He loved me and loved you so much. He wanted us to be loved so greatly that he had to break the power of death over us by dying. And he did. And through that death, God has released a covenant of peace for people who are willing to allow him to shepherd their lives. How can I experience that? A covenant of peace, security, where it's, you're at such peace with the wolves outlining the boundaries of where you're even sleeping. And you can just go, wow. I was walking across the quad in 1980-something-something, and Sister Bruce, about this tall, 45 years in the ministry of missions in South India, North India, comes walking up to me with her British accent, and she says, oh, dear brother, can I ask you a question? Clay and I are walking by, and we're like, sure. She goes, answer me this question, dear brothers. Our, and like she knew him. Our beloved brother Peter, like she just had lunch with him, you know. Our beloved brother Peter, 
the night. When Herod had promised by morning he was going to kill him. Don't you find it interesting that Simon is sleeping in the cell like a baby? And we're like, uh, not until you just brought it up. But now, she goes, oh, dear brother, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why Simon could sleep like a baby, knowing that they threatened to kill him in the morning. She goes, like she knew him, like we just talked to her. Don't you remember when our blessed Lord told him that when he would become an old man, he would lay his life down? She goes, oh, brother, if they threaten to kill you in the morning, if you have a word from the Lord that says you're not going to die to your old man, you can sleep while they threaten. Have a nice day. <laughs> Off she goes. Did you ever think of that? I never thought of that. You know why she thought of that? The woman woke up this morning and went, shepherd my life, Lord. How can I experience life like that, Alan? Jesus gives us the answer in the 27th verse. My sheep, what's it say? My sheep, what? Listen. Comes from two Greek words, hupe and koin. Hupe means under, koin means hearing. My sheep live under the hearing. My sheep live under the hearing. And I know them, and they follow. Under the hearing means you follow. I give them, what? Eternal life. And they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. Sound like Ezekiel 34? No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And then he says, I and my Father are one. If you line up with Jesus, Yahweh's watching over you. Wouldn't it be great? Let me just say it to the church. To the church and you and me. Even preachers. Wouldn't it be great, Tim McGregor, to know a life where loneliness ends because I get alone with Jesus? Now, the opposite of a life like that in the church, out of the church, carrying a Bible, having 14 of them in your house, but not a life of trust is like this. I'm on my own. I hope it works out. What do I do? Does anybody know me? Does anybody want to know me? Does my life even matter? Where am I in my life? Where do I go from? Why am I here? Does anybody hear me? Will I be okay? Will my family be all right? Who should I marry? Is this the right person? What should I do with my future? What decisions should I make? What career path should I take? Will my kids be okay? Did I make the right choice? Will my life matter? And on and on and on and on and on. What will happen when I die? What's next for me? There is a God who sent his son 
to be the savior of the world, but also the shepherd of the sheep. Are you willing, am I willing to bow my eye message, my eye vision, my eye priorities, my eye treasure, bow before the I am and melt in and say, Lord, I want you to take over everything in my life. And what would happen if you said it every morning? What would happen if you said it every day? What would happen if at every fork in the road you said, Lord, shepherd my life. I want you to take over all of it. Just think having peace and quiet in your soul at decision point moments. Just think of you and I having a security that someone bigger, someone beyond the moment, someone greater is in control. Not just for you, not just for your family, but for your church, for your business. That it's not your business, it's his business. And he makes that his business when you give your business to him, shepherd it. Something bigger. Imagine someone greater weaving a tapestry of excellence and meaning for you, for me, for our families, our future, where we are right in the center focus of a plan that's bigger than our own and we're heading in the right direction with the promise, this is I'll never leave you, I'll be with you, I'll provide for you, you'll be secure, you'll be at peace, and you'll never be alone. I am the good shepherd. What would it take for that to happen? Two things. We have to have our heart cleaned and our ears cleared. How do you get your heart cleaned and your ears cleared? We listen better. To have your heart clean, you come before the Lord and you say, Lord, I want you to sit on the throne of my heart. And I have come not with a list. I have come to listen to you. Lord, I'm going to let this word read me. I'm not just going to read the Bible. I'm just not going to get through my devotions today. I want my heart. I want you to get through my heart from your word. So I'm going to take time, and I'm going to constantly and consistently listen. I ask you a question. Are you consistently taking time to listen to Jesus? A sheep follows a shepherd. A shepherd leads and speaks and points in the right direction. 
come before the Lord in real time and take time and I say, Lord, point out the things in my life where I need to change. Convince me, convict me, connect me, Lord. Listen, I heard someone say this before, it's true. Delayed obedience, delayed obedience to his clear directions is disobedient. And I'll tell you what else it is, if you're a real sheep, it's misery. When you really know God's leading your life in a direction and you're not going there, and you're really his, you can't get over that. You're miserable. You can't sing joy, joy, joy down in your heart. Because down in your heart is no, 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 yikes, 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 yikes. And that's not because you're a bad person, because I've been there before. It's because you're a fearful person. And you haven't come to a point where you trust his goodness. Someone who would lay their life down for you when you didn't even care has your best interest always in his heart. Come before the Lord and I say, Lord, I'm yours. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll be what you want me to be. I want you to repeat these things after me. Put your hand on your heart. Say these words. Lord, show me and I'll pay attention. Speak to me and I'll act on what you speak. Point the way and I will meet you on the other side of go. Keep your hand on your heart. Close your eyes. Repeat these words with me. Lord, show me and I'll pay attention. Speak to me and I will act on what you speak. Point the way and I will meet you on the other side of go. One of the reasons God called you to know him is so you can pass your life of faithfulness onto your kids as a model of how to listen to Jesus. Train up your kids in the way they should listen to Jesus. Teach your children to listen to his voice. I've done this with my kids. Especially in the area of giving to God and other people. When we began the building program here in 1999-1998, I partnered with John Maxwell's ministry and one of his associates met with us once a month and he challenged me to challenge the church about sacrificially giving what God tells them to give and, and fits the guys fits. He told me, and pastors and leaders have to go first and you have to go first, Tim. And I was willing to go first, and then I got with the Lord, and the Lord started talking to me about what he wanted me to do. And I was already tithing, raised my kids to know that that's what God wants. And it's not about what you get back, it's about what he's already given. He gave his best, so why shouldn't I? So 
I was tithing. And uh, about a few months prior to that, the board so generously said, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not providing you health insurance because you're, you're getting that from, from your, your wife's job. But we want to we begin to bless you uh, with a retirement uh, amount of money that we'll put into the Assembly of God Fund once a month for you. And that had gone on for about six months. And I was praying, and the Lord said, I want you to take, I want you to tell the church, the board, that for the next three years, because that's how long our building campaign was, I want you to tell the church that for the next three years, above and beyond your tithe and above and the money that you and your you have pledged to give to the building program, I want you to tell them for the next 36 months, or for the next three years, give back to the building program three years of your retirement. I said, come again, Lord. And fear came up in my heart so gigantically. And the thoughts of, even, even Christian friends said, well, man, you know, if God even says about providing your future, blah, 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 blah. I took that to God. I wrestled with that. I couldn't right away do that. It, it took me a couple weeks. I got alone with the Lord. Say, I got alone with the Lord. Say that. And he said this. If you take care of my house, I will always take care of your house. So we stepped out and did that. And we did it. I said we did it. And you know what happened? We were not able to buy new cars for those years. The two cars we had didn't clunk out. How many know that's a good thing? Cars don't clunk out. That's a good thing. Especially when you got no money. We were able to buy two new cars. Buy our house. And a few years after we were in this building, we had paid off our car. Was able to pay for our kids to go to college. When they came out of college, they were debt-free. We were debt-free. And God took care of me every step of the way. And, now that's not the point. The point is, along the way, I would gather my kids, and every single time, God would do something miraculous. Like someone would say, hey man, I would take my car in uh, to get something done. And, uh, and Freddie Timbrook would say, uh, look, man, I, 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 don't, I'm, I just put four brand new sets, of, uh, four brand new tires on this car. How many think that's a good thing? Clap for somebody every now and then. Clap for somebody, somebody else. Clap for somebody else. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. And, on and things like that, I mean, on and on, just unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, and I would, every time I would tell the kids what happened. And there would be other times the Lord would say, hey, this person... Ask them how they're doing it, and, and I want you to, whatever they say, I want you to do. Have you ever lived in a world like that? That's a fun world to live in, by the way. And then every time something like that happened, I'd, I'd be driving somewhere along, and I'd say, hey, Savannah, hey, Dad, remember when Dad told you about blah, 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 and we da, 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 you know what we just got, da, 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 write that in your memory book. The Lord told the two men who were ready to go into Sodom, 
How can we hide this from Abraham? Because we've selected Abraham, ready, to raise up his children to listen to God. The greatest gift that I can give my kids, not words, but a life of a dad or a mother that walks trusting Great, Lord, show me and I'll pay attention. Speak to me and I'll walk on what you speak. Point the way and I'll meet you on the other side of go. Here's the last slide. You have to read this a million times for it to make sense. I apologize for every grammatical scholar in the room. I just write the way I get excited, sorry. Well, don't. Paul never even used a period, so... And listen to me, don't watch them. The ongoing experience as a result of having the Lord as your shepherd is realizing you have everything and will never lack anything that truly means anything in the everything of life. That's the ongoing experience. The result of having the Lord shepherd is a continual realization that you have everything and will never lack anything that truly means anything in the everythings of life. We were at Catalyst, and it was uh, the last session, and Charles Stanley, Dr. Charles Stanley, and his son Andy, and his granddaughter Allie sat up on the platform, and they talked about the faithfulness of God over three generations of ministry. This morning, Dr. Stanley is being honored for 50 years of faithful ministry as pastor of First Baptist Church, and Andy and his sister get to speak that sermon. What an honor, huh? We listened to him for about 45 minutes talking about his life and his ministry. Andy talking about watching his dad live it every day from the time he was a little boy. He watched his dad live what he preached in the pulpit on Sunday. He's an 87-year-old man of God pastoring the same church for 50 years and he basically boiled everything down to these words. It all comes, listen, it all comes, here's what he said. It all comes down to obeying God and leaving all the consequences to him. His son and his granddaughter rise up and call him blessed. And thousands are doing that this morning and have done that. If we live a life modeling that we listen to God. The world will not be able to say Jesus is a spiritual teacher of history. The sheep who have yet to realize they have a shepherd will see through our lives. I am the good shepherd. And I call you by name. I would like you, if you would, to stand, please.
And then I'm going to ask you to do something after you stand, which is the opposite. I'm going to ask you to somehow get on your knees. Maybe you need to turn around in your seat. I'll tell you what's even better than that. Come up around here in the front. There's plenty of room. And get on your knees before the Lord, before the shepherd of the sheep. Find a place at your, around, make an altar at your seat or make an altar at the front. And I'm going to give you a minute to do that because I want to pray over you the words of David, his confession of faith about the Lord being his shepherd. And I want to pray that over you, over me, that, that this will be something fresh and new. I love the King James Version of the 23rd Psalm, but we've heard that so much that I, I, I don't want it to not impact. I don't mean any disrespect to that because I love the King James Version of the Bible. And the NIV is a great one. Oh, there's so many great ones, but I want to read it from one you've probably never heard of. And I, I'm careful to make sure that it does not change the meaning in reading it. But I want you to just put your heart under his staff and rod. Put your ears up to his lips. Lean your head on his heart. And listen to the word of the Lord. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have conquered me. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely because you are near. You become my feast even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of until my heart flows over. So why should I ever fear the future? For your goodness and your love pursue me all the days of my life. And then after that, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. Blessed be the word of the Lord.
close in just a few minutes as you just sit at his feet in the presence of the good shepherd and his sheep.